It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. My guest today is British singer-songwriter and composer Rebecca Poole. Her story is one of a musical journey that began by being raised on a farm in Oxfordshire, England. The family lived in a house on an estate owned by the Fleming family and Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond. Their simple farm home was always filled with music. Two of her brothers became professional musicians. Her mother sang a bit, and she also had an aunt and uncle who played gypsy jazz professionally. Despite all these influences, Rebecca became an avid writer of poetry and loved the creative arts and painting which she studied in college. While she never formally studied music, she eventually became interested in singing after hearing a recording of Nina Simone and also listening to other great jazz vocalists. Meanwhile, she was encouraged by friends to go and sing with a contemporary pop band playing gigs during Opry Ski in Zermatt, Switzerland. She also sang at a jazz club she discovered while in the Alps. Despite all that jazz influence, she chose a path that led her to achieve success and a paycheck in the commercial realm of music by changing her name professionally to Purdy and developed what she called a femme fatale persona. On one of her acclaimed Purdy albums called Diamond in the Dust, she included a track called My Creation, which you might say was prophetic of what was about to come in her life. I made you, I can't you are my creation, you do not exist, can't you see? Purdy eventually trusted her instincts and followed her heart to return to the roots of jazz and performing as a mature and sophisticated singer known as Rebecca Poole. This manifested itself recently through the release of an album called Dreamer's Ball. I'm falling in love In love with life I'm seeing so much beauty in old familiar things. I fall in love with pictures. I fall out of the frame. And when the storm is over, I love it how the trees still rain. Here now is my conversation about this fascinating musical journey with Rebecca Poole. 
In starting off, first of all, the focus of this will be the release Dreamers Ball, but I'd also like to present you to uh, our listeners uh, and so that people can learn a little more about you. You are, uh, I guess, the quintessential farmer's daughter. You were raised uh, on a farm, if I'm correct on this, uh, in Oxfordshire. Correct. Yes. I understand that you come from a musical family in many respects. That's right. My brothers were in a band uh, growing up. Uh, we weren't that well off and we, we lived in quite a remote place with uh, surrounded by fields. It was very beautiful, very idyllic. Um, but there was a lot of music in the house um, with um, five children and my parents and everyone was listening to different genres. And so there was a nice sort of rich tapestry of, of sounds going on and different uh, styles being absorbed and uh yes we uh, my brothers uh, i admire you know I, I was a big fan of my brother's band i used to go and watch them and i sort of told myself i wasn't going to move into music because i didn't want to be a copycat <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I i just had this um sort of innate desire to write and i wrote a lot a lot of poetry Yes, that the, the countryside was the perfect dreamscape for writing, and uh, so my poems turned into songs. And I used to record. I'm giving away my age now. I used to record on cassette players, and I used to swap the cassettes over and 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 do harmonies. Um, so that's where it all started. And uh, but I I got into jazz a bit later on uh, in my college college years. And I've when I heard Nina Simone feeling good on a film and I totally fell in love and that's when I went exploring the jazz greats and discovering Ella Fitzgerald and Julie London and Peggy Lee. With all of those influences why is it that through your educational process you you really didn't study music? Uh, you, you focused on uh, English and artistic pursuits, uh, uh, literally as an artist, uh, because that's also part of your uh, DNA is that you are an artist as well. I know. I, I, I'll never know why I didn't study music back then. I think I thought I didn't know where my path was going to lead and um, it wasn't until a bit later on that I found the courage to perform and by then I was already singing with incredible musicians and so I sort of put my energy into the writing and the performing. And you later on picked up guitar and uh, learned that, but any other instruments uh, w- within your regimen? And do you still play guitar now? I use the guitar to write. I do play the guitar. I, I don't, I'm too shy to play it um, on stage at the moment, but uh, I'm pushing myself. I've been pushing myself lately because I think it's, it would be an important thing to do in my career going forward. So what was that one step or that seminal moment where you decided that you were going to be a vocalist? Well, I always, I always loved to sing and I, <laughs> I lived in a town with um, a girl. I had a friend 
called Amy Lord, who was John Lord's daughter, who um, from the from the band Deep Purple. And Amy invited. She, she said that they were looking for a singer uh, in a, a ski resort co- called Zermatt in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I sort of, you know, being you know a teenage girl, jumped at the chance of this idea of this adventure in the mountains, singing every day. And that's really where I sort of cut my cloth really i i i sang every day and uh, that's where i honed my art as a as a performer because you had to be very entertaining and d- learn to deal with sort of drunk rowdy audiences <laughs> in ski boots <laughs> sounds like uh, a typical experience for a lot of people in the music industry Absolutely. But then what was great about Zermatt was there there was a little jazz bar down in the village and in the evening after I sang at Preiski I would go and sing some jazz standards with a pianist and which I enjoyed a lot more than the than the rock and pop. But that obviously uh, became uh, sort of the birthplace of, of, of part of your career and influence to move into uh, the jazz genre. Mm. Definitely. I think I've I've always been a romantic and there's a part of me that's always felt like an old soul and I really tune into the music, the jazz music from, you know, the, well, the 20s really through to the 60s um, and, that, and that style of songwriting. I just, I'm, I'm a real wordy, I love lyrics. That's my passion really, uh, a good story and a song, a narrative. Um, and uh yeah the, the the way songs were written you know in the 40s and 50s the, the they were so layered and they also were sort of as well as being sort of heart achingly romantic they were also full of pathos there was a sense of humor and a sort of sassiness to the way things were delivered by by the female vocalists and sort of thinking of you know as i speak i'm thinking of sort of peggy lee and julie london mm-hmm. there was a yeah there was a real performance to their you know uh, to, to every song so somewhere with within your your history uh, there came a departure from the jazz dream if i'm understanding this correctly and and you branched off into a world where you even changed your identity to uh, use the moniker Purdy. I did, yes. Uh, so uh, for a long time I was doing sort of the jazz circuit, what we would call, you know, the, the, the jazz circuit of London and, you know, where, where anyone would be familiar to go and hear that music. And, um, and then I started writing an original album with a producer called Andy Wright, who's very well known here and he works with sort of Simply Red and um, Alda May and um, he uh, is more of a pop background and we started writing and we sort of we we had a really good writing relationship and, and came uh, and I was loving this kind of unusual sound that we were creating and uh, and I wanted to separate I suppose back then it was the jobbing singer from from the professional original artist and a couple of sort of 
people in in the circle thought it would be a good idea if I changed my name to keep the two two things separate. So that's why I ended up being Purdy. And um, at the time, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to change my name. Hence, finding my way back to my real name. But um, it really helped me be very brave with my songwriting. And I'm proud of the two albums that I wrote. And they're very different there are some jazz influences in some of the songs but if you've heard any then you'll know that it's probably more considered more pop a bit of americana in there as well so you continued along this line of being purdy doing a different genre of music uh, and uh, i'm sure uh, attaining a a paycheck uh, like so many artists uh, do find that path uh, that takes you away from uh, maybe your dream or your goal, but it, it provides that paycheck and the income that you need. So mm. was the, what was the turning point to where you, uh, I guess, had this rite of passage and decided to say, you know what, it's time to shake off Purdy and it's time to get back to Rebecca? Yeah, there were a few sort of life uh, moments that, that led to me sort of, feeling like I just wanted to be myself and be very honest and uh, one of them was losing my father um, and and also an, uh, something musical that I won't go into which was was a was was a difficult time for me um, and just yeah sort of a a few things that led up to me realizing that I wanted to return to my roots and be more and I uh, wanted to record something more organic and similar to the things that I love listening to. Andy Wright is the, is the producer who wrote who I wrote the two for my first two albums as Purdy with but James McMillan uh, is the producer of Dreamer's Ball, which is the album that I am releasing now. And with Dreamer's Ball, this is launching you back to reconnecting with your original mission then. Is that a fair description? Yeah, I like that description. Uh, it's just, it just feels like a natural thing. I, I, when I was going out introducing myself to people, I'd be, you know, going and mixing in music circles and saying, hi, I'm Purdy. Um, but, you know, coming home and being with family and friends and being Rebecca. And I just thought, now I'm about to perform this style of music. Um, I think Rebecca Poole uh, makes more sense when you're talking about jazz. Does it feel like you're taking on a different persona? It's a good question, because with Purdy, there was a sort of... In, right at the beginning, there was this sort of femme fatale um, styling going on. And uh, so that was quite fun. But now now I feel, now I'm older for a start. And yeah, it's it. Do, I don't feel like Purdy anymore. And, you know, people used to say, oh, it's just a name. It's just a name. But uh, I, I think there has to be some separation from from one from one project well this particular project to this one and it it just feels right well and 
Not only was it uh, a personal journey for you, but I get the sense that uh, this was a uh, reestablishing of not only uh, your original self, if you will, but also your musical style. And rather than take this opportunity in creating Dreamer's Ball to cover other people's music, you took a, a, a courageous move and did all of your own compositions. Yeah, well, it, I mean, I, I always have released original music, so that, that just felt very natural to me. Uh, but, it, yeah, I mean, just to be in a room with these in, incredible musicians and have these songs played uh, in an organic way from start to finish with no fancy editing... Uh, it was just an absolute joy, and um, that that's all I ever wanted for this album. And uh, yeah, I, I like to think that we've achieved it. Is this a, a means by which you're telling your story through this album of Dreamer's Ball? I think so. Um, there are some songs... About two-thirds of the album are new songs, and I picked a couple of old songs that have been big favorites of my listeners because I wanted to represent them in this style. It's almost as I'd always heard them. Uh, so Dreamers Ball feels like... It almost feels like a journey because there are some sad, moving songs and uh, and the opening track wouldn't change a thing is very much how I feel about life now. Older now My superstitious Looking back on that girl so ambitious I've had all the lessons in love but I'm grateful for the ones who broke me grateful for the ones who woke me the ones who led me went to the studio and it literally just poured out i didn't even know the words were coming but we we finished the song in about two hours and it's it's probably one of my favorites of my entire career and so dreamer's ball is it's like that place you go to when the dust settles and you can just listen listen to music let it carry you away and and not be not feel judged have, have no regrets and just go i had to go through all of that to get to this moment and uh so yeah if you listen to the the tracks on the album you'll hear moments in my life where i wasn't so happy or sure but the opening track is is where i'm at now in looking at the tracks that are on here on this album of dreamers ball there are a number of songs that you had mentioned that are new, but what are some of the older ones that you're bringing to the forefront again? 
So the real thing is a is a track that I wrote maybe four years ago. It's actually released under Purdy in a slightly different style, a bit straighter, um, more piano ballad, and it's been one of it's been a great favorite amongst my listeners. Uh, very popular track, the real thing. Singing the same song at different times Maybe you're reading the words And I'm reading between the lines There've been so many moments Where we could have been my them friends Now I count the misses And all the last kisses that's when I want the real thing. You can go on YouTube and listen to two different versions. So one, one's the Purdy, one's the Rebecca Poole. Tell me about the tune, How Did You Do That? Oh, that's an old one as well. Yes, I wrote that with a, a guitarist friend called Jamie McCready. Um, that's an, that was a proud moment because we recorded that track at Abbey Road Studios with... Um, the London Philharmonic Orchestra. How did you do that? How did you do that? Didn't see it coming It was just a running I thought I was smart yeah, I'm very proud of that song So it, that was another one that felt I felt very close to still And I wanted to include One of my favorites in, in listening to the album Is Blue Eyes uh, there, There's it? just there, There's a lot of uh, texture to the song there there there's pathos uh, I, I don't know it's just I, I why I connected with it it's hard to pinpoint why but it, it's just a, a beautiful song and the lyrics are wonderful oh thank you I love blue eyes as well and um, I love that sort of it's it's kind of I don't know what I've read the Doo-wop is the right th- the right thing to say, but it reminds me of those fifties harmonies groups, which I love, and with with you know obviously the opening harmony. A little stronger 
Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to perform as well with with the musicians singing singing with me. Is there a particular person who is the inspiration for that song? I suppose the Everly Brothers would be in there, so maybe, you know, I just I love the the close harmony style. Um and I know that uh, I'm trying to think now of some, and there's some wonderful female close harmony groups from that era, which escaped my mind now. But there's, there's mate, a lot of the stuff that comes to me, I think I hear in films. Old, I watch a lot of black and white films, and I think I a lot of stuff that I get, I pick up, and I'm not quite certain where it's come from. Tell me about pieces. It's the last track on the album. So when my when my dad died, I wrote a song that was so sad that everyone would just burst into tears after the first verse, and it was it was a very it was a very heavy song. And pieces is a was supposed to be a song that I wrote for him, which represented what we keep um, in terms of memory and being a part of someone so in the song it says uh, I kept a piece of you you kept a piece of me Pieces left behind Pieces Pieces I can find The day you left The light went from my eyes Sometimes it's there when I I look up to the sky you took a piece of me I took a piece of you You're always part of me I, I've had this visualization actually even if, if, it, if it were to be a video it would be the stars coming down and making up a person and leaving a hole in the sky where the person had been because we're sort of you know the universe we're all part of the universe and it's just a sort of a romantic way of holding on to the ones you love and the so, pieces are all of us so tell me about your style of music how would you describe your style currently um <laughs> i'm getting smooth jazz chill out jazz easy listening at the moment um i don't know i don't know what the next album will will be but this is i wanted this to be a very soft sort of lullaby-esque album you are positioning yourself right now in terms of presenting yourself as rebecca Poole, and where does this musical journey take you now oh well who knows that's the beauty of being creative isn't it you don't know how things will evolve but I'm just going to see see what happens. I hope that people enjoy this 
this new style. I think having been in the music industry a while and got to know my voice, that this is a better way for me to record with a more stripped back style. Um, so you can hear the nuances in my voice because um, it's easy to, to be overpowered by big pop productions. And I think this, I think I've arrived at a good place and I'll probably hang out here for a while. <laughs> Well, it sounds like uh, we would all benefit from that. Are, are you uh, planning any touring of, of this particular album or at least uh, this this new you? Absolutely. Uh, at, the, at the moment, it's mainly uh, in the UK, uh, but I'm hoping that with, with, as the album gets out there, um, there'll be more opportunities arising uh, to travel uh, internationally love to perform in new york that's definitely on my bucket list how could our listeners learn more about you well uh if you look up purdy music or rebecca pool on google it takes you to all my social media sites but uh, if you want to look at my website it's rebeccapool.co.uk and are you on instagram or tiktok i'm at purdy underscore music on instagram and uh, the same on Facebook, Purdy Music, but hopefully we'll get to change that to Rebecca Fools. <laughs> and the record label for Dreamers Ball, is, is this your own uh, release, uh, an independent release, or are you on a major it, label right now? It is. We've, changed, we've turned Purdy Music into the label. And will continue so, so uh, at this point? Uh, it depends. If I got a better offer, I might consider it, but I think it, in this time we're, we're living in the music industry i don't know how much benefit record companies are apart from obviously a more you know you get more hope, more hope reaching for further audiences but we're we're very much in control of that with social media what would you like the takeaway for dreamers ball to be for listeners of it i would hope that when they listen they feel something they uh, so some of the songs they can relate to and it's it's a comfort to them in some way and for you is it a comfort and a release finally that you're back to familiar ground i think it is i think i do feel like i i'm in the right place uh, and I, it's it's taken a while to get back here and i feel much happier Excellent. Well, I, I, I'm glad that we've uh, shared a few moments to uh, spend some time with you. I'd like to go on and on. We appreciate vastly your time. And I would like to say, Rebecca Poole, thank you for being our guest on All That's Jazz. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you in New York. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with singer, songwriter, and composer Rebecca Poole. We'd like to thank Ben Cedron for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.